0: Good evening. Welcome to As the Worm Turns. You're tuned in to KVNF's live call-in gardening show. I'm your host Jill Spears and our favorite gardener Lance is here tonight. Hi, Lance. Hi. Good evening. And we've got Amber Kleinman, our neighbor Worm, joining us. Hi, Amber. Hello. How's 2024 starting for you?
1: <laughs> well, a little, a little chilly, a little dry, <laughs> right? A little of everything so far.
0: <laughs> little of everything. And um, two special guests tonight, really excited to have them here, Marta Sanchez and Trace Axtell. Good evening, folks. Good
2: evening. Oh, good evening.
0: Marta and Trace um, are together, Integral Pathways, and their business um, works with all kinds of different systems, but really based on water harvesting systems. Would that be correct? Yes. Okay. yes. And yep. <laughs> That's where it starts. That's where it, it starts. starts. That's the beginning. Um, we're going to zero in and talk about Hugel Culture tonight. Um, Amber, Lance, Lulu, and I visited with uh, Marta and Trace out at Night Owl Food Forest this summer, and you might have heard our little uh, production on that, mm-hmm. saw what they were doing with Hugel Culture up there. A lot of earth moving, a lot of water direction, and berms and things. So, let's start out with figuring out um, what exactly is hugel culture. Sure. Do you want to do that, more? <laughs> sure.
3: Well, um, hugel culture was described first time by Sepp Holzer, is an Austrian called the Rebel Farmer, a long rebel. time ago. And this technique is basic uh, using wood and layers of plant matter topped with compost. Uh, Become very common in the permaculture world because it's a technique that is very resilient, hold moisture, and create an incredible web soil of life. the advantage of making hugel beds or hugel cultures is first, um, they don't need to be tilled and you create again uh, the conditions to create a lot of life uh, in the soil. So um, as the wood start to uh, break down, get very spongy, spongy and, again, absorb a lot of water. Uh, the beds are. you can use it in a variety of ways, and depend on your resources and uh, the space that you have. Uh, can be used as a windbreak or a viewbreak, and uh, that way create microclimate. And also, you can, uh, at the same time that holds water, you can trap water with it.
0: Okay. Let's just think back when we were up at uh, Mm -hmm. the Night Owl Food Forest. You had a couple different hugel beds going. Some of them were berm-like. And can you just describe how you start to build one of those and, and an example of what one might be? Right.
3: So you have one type that is underground, and we use a bagel. Uh, excavator, because this was huge. It's like uh, three feet w- deep by three feet wide, and uh, we just dig um, long. This was like three, three hundred feet long uh, trench, and then we start to put logs, the big logs first, and then branches and stick, and then layers of different compost.
2: I'd like to speak to that one we chose to do it that way because of the the dynamics of the water. We were thinking about a passive system that the water could travel down the landscape in a slow way and and rather than be a a irrigated, you know, piped irrigated system where we could get water up and on top of a berm type hugel. We chose to have it underground so that the water could actually run over top of it to make the most of that water and to have that absorption happen. Another reason for that strategy is because of our dry and arid climate. We're aware that some hugo cultures in this dry climate have a hard time decomposing. And so we chose to put the the material underground to give that decomposition process the the most opportunity that it could
0: and so was the purpose of that bed to build the soil um, because we're really just mimicking what's going on in the forest right
2: right right yeah it's to it's to absorb water when there is water and That was another aspect to the night Owl food forest water system was it's uh, not always reliable um, in its water we, we we're working with Elizabeth and her landscape and her water resource, knowing that she could have her water turn off in October or sooner. And so we we made her system passive, where when she did have surplus water, it could travel over top of these hugel beds, soak up as much as possible. These two foot wide logs buried in the ground could absorb a whole lot of water and then when she didn't have water there'd be this banked water underground for the -hmm. vegetation to get to in those drier times right Mm -hmm.
3: so in this case uh so you don't see anything you just see the terraces so it's flat but then you can make a hooker culture like a mound right Mm -hmm. and this uh, depend on of the resources that you have and the time and the effort you want to put. You can do it in different sizes. And uh, so the idea to use the bare ones is to hold more, more water, more water. On, on dry climate. Mm-hmm. But you also, we did some others in like a mound and then... Uh, you have to treat it at the beginning with more water you have to water it the first year until they run and we put several layers we use several layers to also ignite that combustion that decomposition with uh you know with the chicken uh feathers for example that ignite a lot the logs and the life and we water very well we water them uh every layer and uh you know, we moisture with, in this case, with hose and we put a lot of water so they come uh, moisture.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's important to have that nitrogen carbon ratio um, worked out well mm-hmm. in, in the Hugo cultures so that the decomposition process can happen and um, it's a balanced yeah. nutrient.
4: I, I just have a Are you inoculated in also with uh, soil life, shall we say?
2: Compost life? Yeah, well, I'm not sure, Marta. You
3: can. In this case, uh, we didn't at the beginning, but we are planning to put more uh, mycelium. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also the the wood already has mycelium. Okay. Different. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, yes, and also um, sometimes the water that you use is come from uh, natural sources, bring mycelium mm-hmm. from the water t- that come from up on the mountains, bring that mycelium through.
2: Right. And I do know that Elizabeth has an active composting process where microorganisms Mm -hmm. will be getting into her system.
0: Right. So there you're trying to capture water, um, which is really the crux of of what you do. Water Mm -hmm. water is king here. And then you're also trying to um, build soil to enable food growth, plant growth. Is that correct?
3: Correct, because the web soil is what we create, and the humidity is what creates uh, um, healthy plants and vigorous. That is what give life to plants and trees.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give the phone numbers, 527 KVNF now. You can also email us, worm at kvnf.org. We're talking with Marta Sanchez and Trace Axtell from Integral Pathways about hugel culture. And it's really taking what's happening in the forest and kind of applying it in a systematic way um, to work the land. Exactly, exactly. So you have
3: these hugels uh, that you can bake bear it on the ground, and then these other types that you do it above ground. And, um, depends your capacity or your wishes to dig because this one we did with a bag hole, I mean, with excavator and, but sometimes you just do it by hands. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So this piece of land was kind of, uh, um, not taken care of, um, yeah. by the wayside and you went in there with excavators and with the intent of capturing water and, and building the soil in uh, regenerating uh, the land what about in just a normal person's garden what are we going to use a hugel yes bed for
3: well you can use it um, normally uh, wheel culture outperform the normal uh, garden beds because when you use rotten wood or logs that are going to be rotten you create this humidity environment under the Mm -hmm. ground uh that take time to be done but create capture all of these and create life so you can just select the sides that you want you can dig a little bit or just create it on top of the ground and Mm -hmm. but if you want to make it like flat is is uh advisable that it's better you create some kind of uh, peat you create a trench a little bit and Mm -hmm. you create the garden that you want Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful the different kind that you can make and also you can use it on the greenhouses you can use the same method on greenhouses and in the long term it's going to outperform
0: the um Normal Out beds. Outperform in, in what way? Uh, yield or...
3: Yes, yield. Nutrient. Uh, yeah, you have to input less because that uh, is going to create the soil in the long term. Mm-hmm. And you have to input less water and and less fertilizer or whatever you want to use. We don't use those but uh, chemicals, but natural. You mm-hmm. manure compost. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I was just thinking that... Uh, um, yeah, when you get your soil up to par, and you're building it with this, you actually use less compost. Mm-hmm. Like in my my garden, only half of the, half of the garden gets compost every other year. Mm-hmm. It's not every year because the soil's and so. So I can understand s- so this, so and yeah, so rich mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. that it would uh, take less. You know, once you get it established, it would actually take less. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Yeah. And the idea is like uh, on the first year, you make a mix of seed, seeds, uh, self-seeding animals and perennials. That okay. is the deal. And you also can put cover crops. And then by the time you start to put second year, another annuals mix. And then, um, and then later, you can put, uh, much later, you can put roots
0: like uh, root, like carrots, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. potatoes, potatoes, mm-hmm. um, yeah so you're just building a bed mm-hmm. um, can I ask about decom- decomposition because sometimes when you're in the forest you're like oh my gosh these logs have been here forever especially in Colorado mm-hmm. things don't grow fast so how does that happen mm-hmm. quickly or, or more quickly than it does
2: naturally in the forest how do you speed that up mm-hmm. Oh, that's the carbon-nitrogen ratio. That has a lot to do mm-hmm. with it to expedite that decomposition process as well as having moisture there all mm-hmm. the time or yeah. as much as possible. You know, with those two factors, decomposition is going to happen. So,
0: Amber, can you see a use in your garden for somewhere for some sort of hugo
1: bed? I mean, I think there's especially wherever it's dry like this area is there's Mm -hmm. always a place for for a a reserve of water i would think no matter how big your garden is but Mm -hmm. um is is this something that you always want to plant on top of or is this something that maybe is off to the side as a banking mechanism like how do you think of it is it always a underneath plants or is it kind of off to the side being a berm directing water? I guess it can be both really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure.
3: I um, When you have a mound, um, for example, you don't want to plant trees in
1: it. Sure. Especially here. Yeah.
3: yeah you want to plant it several feet at the, away. At the
1: base of the
3: I, and berm. And several feet away is because when the roots um, grow, Um, because this process is in decomposition sometimes sink so you don't want mm -hmm. to break the roots of your trees Um, but you can plant bushes um, and all these um, um, gooseberries raspberries and these part shade shrubs and bushes closed and then underneath you have uh, strawberries, mint or sweet grass as a living mulch Comfrees mm-hmm. and and herbs.
1: I mean flowers. Is there any plants you want to stay away from near your hugel culture?
2: I would just say the the larger perennials, trees that mm-hmm. could get in there. Another aspect to think about is the shape of the hugel culture. It can be you know shaped differently from a rounded mound to a flat top, but many edges can be planted on not just the top all edges Um, and also the aspect in relation to the sun will have a lot to do with what you plant because with the mounds of hugel culture you can plan that in relation to the sun to anticipate Mm -hmm. a cooler drier side or cooler wetter side and a drier hotter side and have a totally different uh, microclimate on on the different Mm -hmm. aspects of the hugel so it can be a very right. playful and experimental process.
3: Right, exactly. So you can um, make it a north to south or south-north mm-hmm. or east-west. Mm-hmm. So to manage how much shade you want or what plants you want to put in the shady or the cooler part of it or more sunny, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Something that I really like doing <coughs> is placing beds, swales, berms, Hugo cultures on contour. That that means level. And that's what we've done with a with number of Hugo cultures that we've made so that there's the added benefit of water catchment, of what precipitation does come, or even added water, you know, irrigation water. We've placed troughs on the uphill side of a Hugo culture berm that is level so that it can be filled up with water. And that that trough can be filled up with water and bank into the Hugo culture. So there's that that extra integrated step that we're thinking about, you know, all systems, all you know, potential water resources.
3: Exactly. To right. trap in the, the snow and, and the and the rain. Right. In
0: winter. Um let's talk a bit about the advantages of that because you know, when you see it here and it's dry and the ditch is turned off, but with this Hugel beds, you're actually capturing water underground. And then how does that, you know, kind of multiply so that you're affecting other systems and you're really increasing water and in, um, humidity and all of that?
3: Right, right. So one is in contour, and as Tracy's saying, and also using different shapes like a U or you know, a horseshoe. Um, mm-hmm. So how trap it is just by, you know, the mount. And and, and that through times um, inevitable is going to create life because any mount is, is create this uh, change in the temperature that drop water, right? Any little thing mount or bigger is going to drop water. And uh, inevitable, that is going to help in uh, grass that are coming immediately and any seeds that is there that has the condition to to sprout.
2: There can be strategic placements of these berms, of these water catchments in relation to a slope, you know, so that the downhill will receive the groundwater that is infiltrated into that berm, into that, that trough so we're thinking about you know over time over years and years of water infiltrating and having it distributed evenly across a hillside or slope um so
3: and this is what we do is like a chain of different techniques so that is it's like a kind of swale hoogle bed but also can be just swales Mm. and these are connected so for example in the case of uh night owl um was a feature that catch water, the irrigation water. Uh, it's a vernal; it's is not perennial, and that we uh, directed through the terrace, which is a hoogle bed, and then is connected with downhill another terrace in another swales until arrive in, you know, run all over that big surface mm-hmm. until the bottom. Uh, so that way. Uh, we uh, we sink water through all that path, mm-hmm. right?
4: You know, you know what, I'm just listening, just real quick, this comment is, you, whatever your imagination is, you can do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just like in any garden. And you guys get to do this great imagination mm-hmm. with all these swells and berms. and Right, right.
2: Yeah. And it turns out that contours, the shape of the land ends up being... Beautiful, mm-hmm. You know, we, we just work with the landscape and what it can do. And generally it turns out beautiful. You know, we're not trying to do straight lines, mm-hmm. The the landscape ends up being showing us what, yeah. what we are to do. And, and right. it is, it is curvature and it's ends up being beautiful.
0: Yeah. I think I remember that about great or night owl because, um, It seemed like the water was just naturally flowing, even though you had directed it. it, You used it in a natural uh, way, and it already felt like, and it was pretty early in the project, that it was really bringing life to that whole hillside. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That is uh, immediately you can see a surplus water in the whole land, distributed equal, uh instead just some parts like was before. And, uh, and the last thing that I would like to say about the hookah culture is how help um, to produce also environment and the habitat for, uh, you know, amphibians, in the case close to water, and insect and pollinators and wildlife. Right. Because all of these promote life.
4: Yeah, just <laughs> real quick, and I just popped in my mind. Think of all those rotten logs that you have sitting on the side of your property.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
4: Big logs. Well, you, mm-hmm. here's a real good use for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly, and that is the other way that is called. It's like a waste management uh, future right. that you right. can put all what is not usable, like leaves and compost and manure and everything. You can put it there.
2: Right. That's a, a great strategy. Like Lance said, m- many people have these resources, you know, ly- lying dormant on the surface of their landscape that can be utilized in this effective way. So you can strategize looking forward. I'm going to collect all my leaves for two seasons and and compile them somewhere along with the logs that I have and and have the anticipation of of constructing Uh, something like this sure why not or
3: receive uh the trees that has been cutted you know through companies that they need to put it somewhere they receive it in your land right
0: i'm doing right now yeah Mm -hmm. if you've got the space for it why Mm -hmm. not build Mm -hmm. a bed there
1: what about do you ever use um like chipped wood you know how they're always chipping trees when they come through and clear out branches is that does that sure. have a purpose in a hugo or do you need larger chunks?
3: Well, good question because you need all sizes. You need wow. big logs first, can be rotted or not, then branches, then sticks. And then you want to fill those holes because when you are building it, you see that is a lot of holes in between. With all of these, it can be mm-hmm. chips, it mm-hmm. can be manure, it can be sod, it <laughs> can be whatever ma- uh, material you have.
2: Yeah. You just want to be mindful about the type of wood that it is yes Um, not not all wood is created equal and you want to use use woods that have more um, decomposition potential you know staying away from things like juniper or locust or or cedar things that are naturally antimicrobial, antifungal, anti-decomposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we like to use things like poplar, cottonwood, aspen, mm-hmm. things like this.
0: Yeah. All right. Five two seven four eight six eight eight six six KVNF now. Hugel beds. I think I'm thinking of um, a berm type bed for my scenario to kind of um, prevent some. Winds that come early in the morning and maybe getting a little more of a, making a sheltered area um, for some plants. And so that's, that's to me, what's just knocking at my door. So I'm like, that's, what Mm. about you, Lance? No. You don't.
4: Well, yeah, you got I'm, your system. I
0: already got my systems done. Yeah. <laughs> so that, it
4: sounds great. And uh-huh. I remember the first time I came in contact with Hugo, and it was out there off a of pain siding in mm-hmm. the desert. And it was so high, There's no way that they were going to keep it moist. Mm-hmm. They, and they didn't have water. Mm-hmm. They were just hauling water and using a little bit of drip. Mm-hmm. And now that I see what that was, I know now. How to do it? Mm. So it's in my mind, anyways. Right. It right. seems
1: like in drier areas, you'd always want to start with maybe one that's underground. That, like as a, that would be more
3: mm-hmm. immediately
1: mm. useful than yeah, the was, maintenance of an above-ground pile in the in the desert climate. And
4: they had just right. a huge cottonwood logs, uh, huge two and a half, three foot diameter logs with some dirt on top of it, and mm-hmm. that was it. Right. So, yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah that's a good point, Amber. You kind of want to build that bed or bank of water and start getting that whole area
1: um. yeah yeah and just yeah having them in the drier areas it seems like a, a one that is deeper in the soil would be um mm-hmm.
3: helpful to use it yeah immediately, immediately helpful right.
1: as opposed yes. to one that's tall and slow right. to degrade
2: because evaporation happens, oh yes and, yeah and so <laughs> we want to anticipate that mm-hmm. you know, in this climate mm-hmm. so the
3: ones that we are doing like mound we we water right at least the first year it needs water
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a regular this, bed would. yeah you know, exactly
3: and then later when you mulch it i mean and, and then you put plants in, immediately the evaporation stop or at least minimize mm-hmm. so then you can create more of that moisture mm-hmm. Yes.
0: yes. All right. Integral Pathways is the business. Um, you have a website that people can access for yes. more information about what you do?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure do. What is that? <laughs> it's Integral Pathways. It's integral pathways.com. Integral pathways. Okay.
0: All your water harvesting systems and really cool stuff. That you do there, and just connecting you to really connecting you to the land I mean, when you're mm-hmm. transforming it like that. Yeah,
2: on our website you can see some examples of our process mm-hmm. and and projects that we've done, and it's a great way to connect with us. Um, so. so let me ask this: in a typical
4: to establish it and get it really up and running, does it take a year, two years? You know, you know that kind of. You know, the breaking down in the soil buildup.
3: Yes, sure. yes.
2: Yeah, certainly years and very dependent on aspect, on, mm-hmm. um, you
4: know, mm-hmm. moisture. Yeah, yeah. Because we've mentioned on the show no time frame, just go
3: for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, can take years to decompose all of those logs. Mm-hmm. And depends how much logs do you put. Mm-hmm. More logs on the ground, more moisture in the future. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. More soil, mm-hmm. more good quality soil. Sure. Yeah.
1: But it seems like it's working. Even though it's not completely broken down, it's already working because yes. the logs are absorbing moisture. So it's not yes. like you're going toward an end point. You're yeah. all the way along the way, you're helping right. the system. Right, it right.
2: Seems. We're, we're working on systems that will outlive us. You know we're we're introducing these systems, anticipating an ecosystem to develop over a hundred years, two hundred years, a right. thousand years. We're we're expediting the ecological succession. So
0: yeah, and it's like you say, Amber. It starts right away.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Marta Sanchez and Trace Axtell with Integral. Pathways. Thanks so much for being here and talking Hugo culture with Thank us. You. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We'll be back next Tuesday for another edition of As the Worm Turns. Thanks for listening to KVNF. All right. Have,
4: Have a good evening. evening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've got a cute vest pocket master, which you can make both slow and faster. I don't know who you
1: took a shine to or who. You're about to make a sign to I gotta get
0: that I love so little, low and low.